On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we covered a Google Ads test that puts text ads in a carousel. We talked about new features for businesses on Google and LinkedIn. Shep tried to sell a decade's worth of holiday Barbies to our listeners and sang for us. And Jess told us how she really felt about an internet proposal and my honeymoon photos. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Christine Zernheld. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on June 28th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. If you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links in today's articles. And please subscribe while you're there so you don't miss a single episode. And before we get into the news here, our loyal listeners probably noticed that that's not Greg on the mic with me this week. No, apologies. <laughs> He'll be back. He's on a well-deserved vacation, but you know what doesn't take vacation? What? The news! <laughs> <laughs> And that's why with me today is the lovely Christine Zernheld, a.k.a. Shep, which is what I'll be calling her for the duration of the show. So welcome, Shep. Thank you, Jess. Are you happy to be here? I'm so happy to be here. Talk the news with me. I'm so glad you're here. Looking forward to it. Okay. So first up in the news this week, Google appears to be testing a carousel format of text ads on mobile. So they went with their usual, we're always testing, but have nothing specific to announce right now, quote. But folks over at SEM Rush spotted this in the wild. So definitely a test that's going on. For those of you that are watching us on YouTube, you can see the GIF that they tweeted with an example of this. But I'll describe it for everyone else that's listening. You've got your text ad at the top of the SERPs. Again, this is just on mobile where they're seeing this. And the text ad has site links and a couple other extensions. But below it, instead of more ads in their traditional format, there's a heading that says people also considered. And then a bunch of ads that you can swipe through in a carousel format that's reminiscent of shopping ads, if you will. So some things with this. <laughs> I have many things on my list. Um, it, the ads in the carousel are truncated. So you don't see the whole display URL or even all the description text, which I think is a little bit troublesome because we write those for yeah. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> this was spotted on a branded search. So it's nice for the brand in question that all the other brands are kind of being downplayed in this scenario. But if this is also happening on non-branded searches, and again, we don't really know, that's kind of scary. Like you have to be in the absolute top position or else. And, and we don't really know what or else means, but I'm sure this will have an impact on click-through rate one way or another if it goes wide. Do you have a, a take on this there, Shep? I think it's interesting that they got rid of the average position metric in mm. light of this because what would you call those three positions? They're like in the same place. Yeah. How do you decide who goes where? Mm. Do people look left to right? Do we know that? I don't think we do. That's a really good point. Is that like 1.2 position I, or like <laughs> two and three? I guess. That's a good point. Yeah, they got rid of that. Thank goodness. But <laughs> the other interesting thing to me is that with this format, there's a little bit of love being thrown the way of the organic results. And I stress a little because you still have to scroll to get to them, but not much. And I'm usually hashtag team paid, but I'm going to take the other side for a second. And, and this is kind of nice for mm -hmm. the folks that are showing up organically and, and maybe not running ads. 
And in other great news for non-paid, Google is adding some new features to Google My Business that make it easier for the 150 million businesses on the platform to connect with customers and encourage them to visit their store and follow them on Google My Business. So the new features released this week include the ability for businesses to add their logo to their profile, set up a profile cover photo, and change how the uploaded images are displayed. And you can also claim a Google My Business URL and a short name that's similar to a handle on social media to make it easier for customers to find your page. And they also introduced welcome offers, which gives businesses the option to offer a promotion or incentive for users who choose to follow them on the platform. And Google is doing a couple of fun things for the launch. <laughs> they're la- yeah, they're <laughs> launching a marketing kit website where businesses can order stickers and posters, encouraging customers to review them on Google. And these are free stickers, I love which free is just stickers. so fun. <laughs> <laughs> and Google is highlighting the top 5% of businesses in any given category as a local favorite. Hold up. How, how do they determine that? They didn't say. They didn't. Well, top five what? I'm assuming like off of ratings. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So Amir Fish, (laughs) Google Business Senior Product Manager, said in the announcement, we hope that these more descriptive profiles not only help consumers quickly find the business that best suits their needs, but also helps businesses stand out and express what is unique about them. So some new features coming. People can customize their profile more and offer more things to people. Seems like they're trying to compete with Facebook pages here. So check out Google My Business. I like it better than Facebook anyway. People know how I feel about oh, you do. the Facebook. Yeah, I don't I don't use it for anything other than advertising, of course, which we'll get to later. But I mean, Google My Business is where it's at. So I'm yeah. happy that they're improving this. <laughs> Finally, here in our main news is an article from Marketing Land. And it's called LinkedIn Pages Get New CTA Buttons, Mobile Editing Capabilities, More. <laughs> And the more is just one thing. (laughs) So there are some exciting things happening for pages on the LinkedIn platform, not specifically ad accounts, but actual company pages. So just like Facebook, again, sticking with the theme of improving business presences, you can now add a call to action on your LinkedIn page, just like you can on Facebook. They have, I think it said five options, like contact us, visit website, learn more, things like that. And they're also providing analytics for these CTAs. So you can monitor click-throughs, which is nice because who doesn't want to measure things? And then as the title suggests, admins can now also edit their page details and existing posts from their mobile devices, which is nice for folks on the go. To the uh, more part of the title, <laughs> <laughs> that is what they're calling community hashtags. And those allow pages to, quote, connect to relevant hashtags so that they can easily jump in and participate from their organization's perspective. They didn't get into a lot of details of what that connection means, but that is the word that they used. These all seem probably like fairly small changes, but on the whole, if people want to grow on the platform, this is great news for them. I think it's much easier. They're making it much easier for users to engage with the business page and also for businesses to jump in and get in front of new folks in relevant yeah. conversations. That's great. Lots of business page changes this week. I'll say. We have more coming too. There might be a theme. Either. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> and with that, it is now time for this week's Take of the Week. This is our hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. And this week's take comes from a fella at Andrew Lolk, that's L-O-L-K on Twitter. And he says, and I quote, is this just because I work in PPC? I underscore always (laughs) underscore without fail, go straight from the PPC landing page to the homepage for anything. I never read the standalone landing page. I always feel they don't offer the info 
I actually need. That is spicy. (laughs) So spicy. I need a glass of milk (laughs) because on top of that, there are several responses to this tweet where other folks said that they do the same thing. And that's completely insane. Yeah. Completely insane. That's not the way that it should be. That's why this is so spicy. We're digital marketers. This guy is too. He said so himself. We all know that the point of a landing page is to provide content that's relevant to the ad and make life easier for Mm -hmm. users. So if you're skipping that and going straight to the homepage, which is arguably the least specific page on a site, something is wrong. Yeah. So you're saying you don't do this. You look at the landing page. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? I have a different problem. I don't click on PPC ads. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for keeping us in business. When we're at work, you often have to Google your clients for whatever reason, Mm. you know, see how things are going and you never want to click on the ad. So it's just become a habit where I never click on ads now. I don't want anyone to have to pay for my click, but I want other people too. So yeah, I've, I've definitely never even thought of doing this though. I would always look at the landing page, right? Yeah. I, I just feel like there's, there's folks out there, they're making this poor Andrew Loke dig around their site after spending money to get him there. Like, shame on you. We're not doing our jobs very well if this is a common experience. So I know that we're not supposed to rant in this segment. We're just supposed to drop the take and leave it. But I feel like that, that needed okay. to be discussed yeah. very much. Okay. Let's get into our lightning round. Pew, pew. <laughs> Excellent pew, pew, chef. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I've learned from the best. <laughs> At this point in the show, we will split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. So this week, Shep is going to cover everything that has to do with advertising, aka hashtag team paid. And I'm going to pretend to be Greg this week and cover the organic or non-paid news. <laughs> Great. So here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, we have some news for responsive search ads, which you can now now edit and create in the Google Ads app for Android and iOS. If you already have responsive search ads set up, the app will pre-populate the new RSA with headlines and descriptions from your text ads in that ad group. And you can also create, review, and edit negative keywords in the app now as well. So I think my biggest thing from this was the negative keywords. That'll be great for people on the go. I don't Mm -hmm. really use the app a lot, but I can see like maybe it dawns on you that you left out a really important negative keyword. Mm -hmm. So it's good that you'll have easy access. And then the RSAs, I can't see myself using that, but I really like that it pre-populates. I've thought of that before that Google should do that. Like I'm always just copying and pasting assets from an ad from all the ads in the ad group into the RSA and it's nice that it does it for you yeah that is super nice and I'm with you I don't really use the app I know Greg if you're listening hi I know Greg likes to use the app a lot he's probably using it right now (laughs) he probably is (laughs) on vacation but yeah I mean if it's going to make things a little bit easier on folks or like you said if you have like a shower thought or something you're like oh my gosh I should negate this and the second you get out of the shower you can open the app and, and add a negative keyword I'm all for that I still probably won't use it but it's nice to know it's there yeah and next up instagram announced that they will be introducing ads in the explore tab in the initial rollout instagram will only show ads to users after they've engaged with explore content and instagram will first test these ads to promote igtv before offering the ad unit to a handful of brands over the upcoming weeks. (laughs) That was in quotes, guys. (laughs) Air quotes. And according to Instagram, more than 50% of its billion users visit the Explore tab every month, which I thought was kind of low. Do you use the Explore tab, Jess? Only because I go there to search for someone, but I don't actually look at what's there. Do you? Same. I don't really use it a lot. Sometimes when I'm like really bored and should be putting my phone down. 
You could be, I mean, you could be using the Google ads app to negate some yeah, keywords instead. <laughs> Catching up on some work. But I think that it makes sense for ads to go here. It wouldn't bother me personally. They're not going to be big. Like when you're scrolling through your actual feed, they're going to be like the thumbnail size. So. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Who cares? Well, I think actually some people might scroll through theirs th- that way, but I never would. I would just keep it in thumbnails and click on ones that I think seem interesting. Yeah, which actually might help with click-throughs because you might not be able to tell it's an ad. I was thinking that too. Wink, wink, team paid. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, Google is adding features for advertisers to promote deals and drive in-store purchases. And the first of these is seasonality adjustments where you can tell Google's smart bidding system ahead of time if you anticipate a jump in conversion rates due to an upcoming sale or promotion and it will be prepared for the increase and adjust more quickly. That's really nice. Always getting smarter. <laughs> and they're also adding new in-market audience segments, yay, such as beauty, <laughs> sports, education, and real estate, including 30 new retail categories. So always check back on those to see if you have any that could apply to your brand. And promotions are now available for local inventory shopping ads. And finally, they're adding some changes to automated local campaigns. So advertisers will be able to use them to drive calls to their business locations. You can also set up location groups or subsets of locations to tailor budgets and messaging to specific locations based on in-store promotion schedules. And they also have added asset reporting to these ads too. So you can see your creative elements, the headlines, descriptions, and images and see how they're performing. Sweet. Yeah. So exciting. And next we have Yelp, who's offering more paid profile upgrades to business owners. Love that. (laughs) Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) Similar to the changes we talked about with GMB earlier in the show, Yelp is also offering new promotional tools for business owners to give them more control over how they appear to users. So the first of these is business highlights, and they enable owners to pick two icons that describe or help promote their business. So some options are family-owned, results guaranteed, years in business, veteran-owned, free Wi-Fi, that's good to know, among others. And there's around 30 to choose from, which is awesome. Um, They're also introducing portfolios, which allow business owners to showcase projects they've done. The examples they came where you could showcase remodeling or landscape design projects. And these each cost $2 a day. So if you want to use business highlights or portfolios, you're going to have to pay $2 a day for each to Yelp. Forever? Yes, forever. I kind of have a problem with that. It's crazy. It's. I mean, I like that they're doing this, but this is just for your Yelp business profile, but the reason it's in the paid section is because you have to pay for it. I get it. They have to make money and I don't think it's a great ad platform, which I won't rant about here, but I just, $2 a day to say you're family owned it, into infinity. <laughs> you can do that for free on Google, my business. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of crazy. Yeah. Next up in paid, Microsoft Advertising is introducing some new features to improve tracking. So the first is parallel tracking, which Google has already done and cuts down on landing page load time by running the ad click measurement process separately in the background. So now Microsoft is hopping on that bandwagon as well. Amen. And under campaign URL options, you'll now be able to set final URL suffix to specify the parameters you want attached to your landing page URL tracking. And finally, you'll be able to set up to eight pairs of custom parameters at the campaign, ad group, or keyword level for URL tracking. And the character limit for parameters has now increased to 250 characters. That's a lot of characters in your parameters. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) People go wild. Yeah, That's like more than Twitter used to be. Was it 240? Good point. Yeah, if you can't tweet your URL parameters, you're doing it wrong. You can add my tweets from 2014 to your URL parameters if you're interested. (laughs) I would love to read some of those. 
after the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, Facebook will now allow some CBD ads. So Facebook seems to have relaxed a little bit on its outright ban on CBD products as advertisers are allowed to run ads for topical hemp across Facebook. So while Facebook is still prohibiting ads for ingestible CBD, you can run ads that direct to landing pages that feature ingestible hemp and topical CBD, but the ads themselves cannot specifically feature these products, only the landing pages. This is very, very yeah. specific and kind of crazy. But I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was at this point, we talked about the fact that Facebook was banning entire accounts for people that were trying to advertise any version of CBD. So hopefully they'll reconsider some of those advertisers appeals. But mm -hmm. this still, I just feel like there's a lot of rules here and, and they're not that like you put them pretty plainly, but there's got to be more. And they're always changing. Yeah. Because this was not the case. Yeah. Like, it's confusing. I just, I feel bad for anyone that's out there trying to advertise their CBD oil. And the quote from Facebook, I, I don't have a direct quote in front of me right now, but it was kind of sassy. It was like, our policy <laughs> has not changed. We did this months ago, but we just reported on that. Like they're just yeah. being very unclear. Yeah. That's not cool. Well, yeah. if you want to read the sassy quote, head over yeah. to the show notes. It's Say there. that to the people whose accounts you banned. Right. <laughs> and won't reconsider. <laughs> there. Sass back. Good job. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> and that's all for the sass and all for paid. So over to you, Jess. All right. First up in non-paid, Google Webmasters or at Google WMC on Twitter tweeted this week that, quote, social profile markup for knowledge panels is now depreciated. There's a little more to that tweet. You can read the full thing in the show notes. But the gist of it is that Google will no longer look at or rely on any markup that you've added to your pages that note social profiles for knowledge panels. So if you don't trust them to discover this on their own, which is what they said they are going to do, you can go ahead and claim your knowledge panel through search. So if you need instructions on how to do that, they did provide a support link in the tweet. So check it out. Next, speaking of things that are going away or have gone away, 3 million fake businesses were removed from Google Maps in 2018. Wow. That's a lot of businesses. Yeah. It's a lot of fake businesses. And this is according to an article from Adweek, which stated that not only did Google remove those businesses, but that 90% of them were pulled before even being seen by users. So they're pretty good at detecting these spammy business listings. The nice thing is, so are real humans. Um, at least a quarter of a million of those fake business listings were removed thanks to reports by viewers like you <laughs> or users. So moral of the story here is do report potentially fraudulent things that you see because Google is listening and don't be out there trying to spam the maps because they yeah. will find you and Imagine you it down. sends you to like an abandoned parking lot in the middle of nowhere. That's so creepy. That sounds like a great horror movie. <laughs> what would you call Someone it? Someone tell Jordan Peele. Yeah. <laughs> Spammy business listings. Yeah. That's the name of the film. <laughs> I'd go see that. that is, I've never heard of that happening. That's crazy that there's so many. Yeah, there's so many. And I think one of the things they said in the article too was um, that they were charging people for services that are actually free. So not only were they just like spammy or fake businesses, but they were actually trying to scam people. They weren't just wow. like showing up and, and doing nothing. They were actually being malicious. Not cool. Not cool. All right. Next up, it's not quite as cool as Pinterest's complete the look feature we talked about last week, but eBay is rolling out an AI-based personalization on their platform too. So that's nice. Everyone loves a little personalization. <laughs> if you have an account on eBay, they're going to start recommending items that quote, suit your interest and fit your shopping habits. And if you don't have an account, they're still going to show you recommendations just based on items that are trending. I didn't even realize people were still using eBay. So yeah. that's great. Not to be mean, but yeah. When's the last time you used eBay? Uh, I've never used eBay. Not even to sell something? No, but 
I actually have 21 maybe <laughs> limited edition holiday Barbies in the box <laughs> from the years 1990 <laughs> to like 2003 and I really need to sell them. Oh, well, you could go on eBay and do it. I just need to figure out like how much they're worth and I go on eBay to try to figure it out and everyone's listing different prices. Hey, if you list them, maybe they would show up as a recommendation right. based on someone's habits. If they buy a lot of Barbies, you can get the most. Could really help me out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving on, let's keep talking about eBay because there are two stories in the news this week. And if you're one of those people like Shep and I that's not using eBay, July 15th may be a great day to start. They just announced what they're calling a crash sale. I love it. On that day, because <laughs> it coincides with Prime Day. And if, so they've got a bunch of deals that they are, um, they are having. It's a crash sale on that day. It's happening. But if Amazon site crashes on that day, they're going to offer even more deals than originally announced. I love that. Yeah. I mean, they've always had a fun marketing team. Remember the old eBay commercials that were like music videos? No. On eBay. You don't remember that? Not at all, but that I just was sang beautiful. On this. That's embarrassing. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> they were really fun. You would know if I showed you. Probably. They were like co like popular songs remixed about eBay. Oh, that's kind of fun. We should find one and put it in the show notes. Yeah, we should. All right. Let's do that. I write love that it. down. Someone write that down. I love a little shade. And, yeah, you know, it definitely is right. I couldn't decide if it was clever or malicious or both. I think it's funny. Yeah, it is. It's I sassy. I feel like it's probably not going to crash just because they're saying this. Fair enough. And Prime Day is two days this year, right? Mm -hmm. I think I saw. Yeah, so is it both days? The crash sale is only one day that I could see. But I guess they have deals going all throughout July. I read a lot about this. So I guess eBay's your place to go next month. We're three days away from July, people. I can't believe it. All right. Let's get on to social news here. And if you use the list feature on Twitter, they're testing a new feature that you might like. And it's basically just swiping right from your feed over to your list. So you could check the show notes for a link to the article, which was on social media today. And you can see the tweet where this was announced, see it in action, and you can actually join the conversation. Twitter wants folks to weigh in on whether or not they would use it. So that's nice. They're getting some feedback. And more social here over on Facebook. They're also testing something. They're testing a new option to mute notifications and remove those annoying red dots. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Disgruntled and annoyed Facebook users are uh, happy to hear. I think that they're trying out some new simple toggles that can clear all of your notifications and mute those push updates. If you want them muted, they <laughs> Facebook said that people don't necessarily want to see a notification on the badge in the in-app tabs if they're already getting notifications in the jewel, which is the red counter on the Facebook app icon on your I phone's home screen. I did not know those terms. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I didn't know that it had a name. I just thought it was like a notification badge. Yeah. A jewel? I don't know. It's like a round dot. <laughs> I don't know what kind of jewel that is. This will be great. I hope it works for like our client notifications too. Those are so annoying. Oh, yeah. Do you get like an email every time yeah. somebody likes Why? your client's page? <laughs> Who gave Facebook the right? You did. You probably <laughs> opted in somehow, somewhere. But this, yeah, it's just a test, but hopefully it goes well. Yeah. And they'll add that button and we can all just turn our notifications off on Facebook because we'll check it when we want to, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's that's how we feel. We're annoyed and by Jess social. Jess will never check it. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> I Yeah. I don't use Facebook. We talked about that, right? Mm -hmm. Other than for ads. We have two new features that are hitting Google Search Console. This week, according to a tweet from Google Webmasters um, on Monday, I believe they tweeted it. The new features are search within markup and I'm going to just read this in quotes because this is what they call it. Copy the code and tweak it. 
<laughs> which is cute. Basically, they're making it easier than ever to test changes in your site's markup. So that's really nice. It's almost as nice as the fact that they jazzed up this tweet with eight different emojis and not all at the end. They like mixed it. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. It's really, Very really fun. cute. Yeah. Having some fun on a Monday and I support that. Finally, here in the lightning round, if you take lots of video on your phone, but you're not super inclined to edit it into something more, there is an app for you and it's called Trash. It uses AI to stitch together multiple pieces of video footage that you choose into one piece and it adds music and can add some features and adjust speed and make a really cool video for you. The idea behind the name is that one person's trash is another's treasure. So they're trying to make treasure out of your videos. Isn't that cute? Love that. Yeah, it's really cute. And uh, TechCrunch tested it out and they can vouch that it's pretty cool. I think the quote, I didn't write it here, but the quote in the article was, it's not the most amazing video in the world, but it's better than I would have done, I think is what they said. Better than I would have done. Yeah. So it's nice. All right. And that is it for the lightning round, which brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. (laughs) It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise this week. So Shep, what's been (laughs) happening in your accounts lately? So let's talk about Greg again, because we had the same problem last week, (laughs) me and him. We were both using max conversions in campaigns for separate accounts. And we had tweaked a few campaign settings. I was trying to control spend like overnight in the early morning hours with bid adjustments for certain hours, Mm -hmm. negative bid adjustments. And Greg was trying to do it with devices to bid down on certain devices. And we were both checking these every day. Like, why am I getting so many impressions from desktop when I'm bidding down on it? Why am I getting so many impressions overnight when I'm bidding down on it? And it turns out that we forgot, and this has happened to me before, when you use max conversions, it basically just ignores a lot of your settings. (sighs) Which makes sense like yes. when you understand what it's supposed to do, which is just get as many conversions as possible and just not care about your other settings, I guess. So it did work when we turned the ads off with ad scheduling overnight, but bidding down didn't work. And same thing with devices. You had to completely exclude them. You couldn't bid down. And it's also happened to me with, I've tried to use standard delivery method and just ignores it. Mm. I tried not to optimize to rotate indefinitely with my ads once and it just ignored it and kept showing the same one that was performing better, which, you know, if max conversion works, that's great, but it's just going to ignore your settings. So make sure you check them, make sure they're compatible. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like you forget that there's so much more than just bidding per click. Like that really does impact all of your settings. That's a good reminder. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't tell you. Like if it just told me when I'm trying to set this bid adjustment, hey, this isn't going to work. Yeah, because it does that with some settings, right? It won't let you set mm-hmm. the setting. It says it's incompatible with whatever. Wow, that's a good point. Hey, Google, if you're listening, that would be a nice little uh, feature. Just let us know when something's not going to matter. Thanks, Google. <laughs> All right. My tale of woe this week comes from <laughs> Facebook ads. And I've said it many times on this show alone today, but I do use Facebook for advertising purposes, even though I'm not on the platform really socially, because I'm a huge fan of the targeting and creative options that it does have. What I'm not a fan of is the ads manager platform, period. There's a lot wrong with it, right? We get frustrated constantly, you and Mm -hmm. I, I feel like a lot together. So there's a lot there to unpack and I'm not going to do it, but I will highlight one lovely thing that I ran into this week, Facebook ads manager cannot keep up with me. And I'm not that quick. 
But <laughs> You're pretty quick. I'm pretty quick. So in, in this instance, what happened is that I had written all of my ad copy in a separate document so that the client could review it before I did anything with it. So when I went to actually create the ads, I was just pasting the copy into the different fields for the dynamic ad. And I pasted one text option, and then I pasted another text option. And then when I came back to paste the third, the second one had disappeared. <laughs> I don't know why. It was there. I saw it there. I went back for two seconds to copy something else <laughs> and it was gone. And this is not the first time that this has happened to me. I've gone in to edit something that I had saved as a draft. Maybe like you go have lunch or something and you come back. And after making the change, it's like it's not even it's like it didn't even happen. Things will blink and then it'll reload the old creative that I had just made changes to just a few minutes ago. And it just, I don't know why it's happening. I just feel like something's glitchy about it. And the moral of the story is just check, 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 recheck, and check again every edit that yeah, you make. It's super Facebook glitchy. Editor. Super glitchy. I noticed that too. Thank you. I'm glad it's not just me. Because at first I thought it's user error. It happened a couple of times. I'm like, maybe I didn't actually paste that mm -hmm. or change that. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I've tried to put my cursor in a spot and it goes to the end. That's so Not weird. where I put it every time. That's so weird. It I'm just does what it wants. Me. It does. But it's not good because then you might publish something because you mm -hmm. think that you've, you know, put everything you need and then one of your CTAs you wanted to test is just missing. That's happened to me too. So moral of the story, trust no one. Check everything. <laughs> trust no one, especially Facebook ads. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's WTH. All right. This week's WTH. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <sighs> it's a real doozy, folks. And <laughs> Rebecca Jennings at Vox.com wrote an article about one of our favorite topics around here, which is SpawnCon, which we haven't talked about in a while. And I think it's now possibly reached epic levels of deception. <laughs> Her article <laughs> is beautiful, and you should read the whole thing. But it's called The Viral, quote, Surprise Proposal Shows, less, shows the Less Glamorous Side of Influencing. A fashion influencer was swept off on a multi-day surprise engagement. It was also a marketing stunt. I, that was the headline. And the, the subhead, if you want the spark notes, still go back and read everything. What happened was this woman's Instagram story like painstakingly chronicled a multi-day, multi-continent mm -hmm. trip that ultimately led to an engagement and a wedding. Mm -hmm. And some people are accusing this couple of faking the whole thing because there was a, a pitch deck that was leaked out. I don't know how it got leaked, but it had a full itinerary of the trip as well as a posting schedule of when they would be posting things. And they were trying to get brands essentially to, you know, sponsor them and say, hey, you know, throw us a handbag here or we can mention you here. And, and that actually happened. People yeah. were sending them things. So there's evidence to support this. And if you watch the video, oh, trying on my dress from this designer. Uh -huh. Thank you so-and-so for the luggage. Yeah, no. It, it's all over the place. It's so in your face. No, it's so bad. And... This whole thing just makes me really, really sad for humanity. <laughs> I, we have a lot to talk about here, so I'm, I'm going to open the floor yeah. up because I could just rant forever. I feel like we've been, and everyone is, really making fun of them all day. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, there's so many replies to this that it honestly kind of makes me feel bad for them. Like, you know, they are in love. The caption to the thing was like, we've been together for 14 years. You know, they deserve a nice free trip, but it's just so in your face and... 
I don't know what other word to use besides thirsty. Ooh, that's a good word. And then it kind of goes into, you know, what this means for us as as a society. And it talks about all these people whose honeymoons are just all about the Instagram. Yes. And it said one quote that said, one former groom described his honeymoon as a sunset nightmare, stressful and torturous. (laughs) That's so sad, but it's because people live for the post. But the worst part was that I kind of related to it. (laughs) Really? Because your honeymoon posts were amazing. I know, but like you weren't there behind the scenes. Like every, we didn't, the only arguments we had on our honeymoon were Eddie asked someone to take our picture and he didn't want to. And like, it, you know, it's bad. And there was this like 20 minute debacle on a terrace (laughs) in Italy. He was starving and I just had to get the perfect picture. We were leaning it against a chair. Like it's just so not glamorous. It's, it's true. And I don't know. I wish the best for these, this beautiful couple. That's okay. That's completely fair. And that's very sunshiny perspective. (laughs) And I appreciate that from you. But what I will say is that everything that you just said about your own honeymoon, you might've said before Instagram, because you would still want that perfect picture for your photo album. It wasn't sponsored. It wasn't. This is a whole other level. And to the point where you're arguing about having a stranger take your picture, (laughs) this girl's being (laughs) accused of having interns around the entire time to video this. No, I can't imagine. The whole thing is just, first of all, spoiler alert, the whole thing starts with him pre-recording a video of himself talking to her, which she has to watch how many times, Hope? Five. Five times because she can't get through it because she's crying so hard. But he starts the video with, I have the most important question of my life to ask you. Problem is, we're not really into traditional weddings. So at what point in the rest of this saga does this girl ever think that she's not going to yeah. be proposed she to? She acts so surprised. So surprised. Wait, and how much after that is the proposal? Like weeks? I Yeah, right? This took forever. At he, least days. Yeah, she like gets out of the car and she's stunned. Yeah. Like... I can't no. handle it. It's a whole scavenger hunt, apparently, that she goes on. It's a cute thing to do as a couple, but for her to act surprised and pretend that she didn't know she was going to be proposed to when he said the word wedding in the yeah. beginning, and you watched it five times, so I know you heard it. I just want to... Let's go back to Rebecca Jennings' beautiful writing, <laughs> because I have a quote from her that I appreciate, and I think this will resonate with you. This is just another example of the insidiousness of influencer culture, wherein life's most momentous events are only important to the extent that they can be exploited for cash and clout. That's sad. It's so sad. Because again, your honeymoon, you were fighting because you wanted moments for yourselves. But for the like, I mean... Yeah. I still... I'll put them in a photo album. Of course. You would have taken those pictures regardless. It was a once in a lifetime beautiful trip that you guys went on. I think she would have too though. Yeah, but would they have taken videos of like... I can't even with this. Everyone should watch it. You got to watch it. You have to watch it. We could talk all day about this. We really could. They should make a documentary about this. That would be very, very interesting. I'm just disturbed by the fact that people aren't living their lives in real life. It makes me sad. And I know there's good money in being an influencer, but she's a pretty good actress if this is true. (laughs) And I think there's more money Mm. to be made. In acting. In Hollywood. Yes. Excellent. Excellent point. We will leave it at that. (laughs) That brings us to this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. So this week's cool tool is the YouTube mock-up tool. And this tool is free, which is always great. (laughs) It's a Google tool and allows anyone with a Google login the ability to see what their video content would look like as a YouTube ad. 
So all you have to do is log in, drag your files onto the screen and upload your video and select the type of YouTube ad that you want to test, whether it's a true view ad, 15 second ad or bumper ad. And then you can preview what the video will look like in both mobile portrait and mobile landscape formats. And they've promised that preview options for laptop, for desktop and watch pages will be coming soon, which is awesome. And it's really cool to see uh, what the video is going to look like on the phone. Like it shows you, the, you know, how it's going to be cropped. It also shows where like the skip ad button will be on oh, it, which nice. I think is valuable to see before you start paying for impressions. Absolutely. So yeah, go out there and check it out. That's awesome. I feel like that's a great tool too, if you need to show a client what their ad is yes. going to look like too. Awesome. That is a wonderful and that brings us to this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read is called Creating Instagram Ads That Convert. It's an interview by Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner. And he spoke with Andrew Hubbard of Hubbard Digital, which is an agency focused on Instagram and Facebook ads. There's two ways you can consume this content. You can listen to the audio version of the interview, or if you'd rather read it, you can actually go through the article. They spell it all out. Either way, it's a great resource. It goes very in-depth on creating ads for various Instagram placements and even dives into some helpful tools that you can use to make better ads visually. So what I really liked about it is they talk about the key differences between creative for Facebook and Instagram because that's huge. You can mm -hmm. run ads on both platforms just via Facebook Ads Manager. So it's very they're drastically different platforms and it's very easy to lose sight of that. And this is just a really good reminder for anybody that's been running ads on the platform or anybody that's new to it. It is just a great, great resource, just highlighting Instagram itself as an ad platform and all the stuff that you can do with it. So thank you, Michael. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch up on everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. All right, welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, in honor of our new co-host, Shep, here, we have a new game. And I am dubbing it Creature Quiz. Oh, no. <laughs> so I know how much you really love animals, Shep, so I think this is going to go well. <laughs> I'm going to describe a real-life animal using only obscure facts, and you have to guess what the creature is. Oh, no. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm going to start with an easy the one. The word creature makes it sound like they're not nice animals. Some of them are... Eh, that, that is for you to decide based on these facts. I just thought Creature Quiz, it's kind of like alliteration, yeah, but they're not it. the same You're letter. You're doing great. Yeah. I was going to call it Gus the Animal, but I wanted to be more original. All right. Are you ready for your first one? Yeah. This beast has an acute sense of smell and can detect odors up to six miles away, which is funny because humans can detect them from a similar distance. Scent -wise. What? Oh, yeah. And... It's also one of the three animals whose teeth were used to make George Washington's dentures. Oh. <laughs> I feel like you think you know this. I knew this at one point. Okay, so it's a mammal, right? Yep. Why do I think it's a creature of the sea? It is not a creature of the sea. It's a land beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, everyone knows what it is. What is it? Everyone knows what it is? I, I had to look this up. I feel like this is a thing. A camel? 
No. No. Oh my God. That would be so big. That was stupid. Also like back in colonial times, where were they getting <laughs> camel teeth in Virginia? <laughs> Did he get his teeth in Virginia? You don't know when he got them. Isn't that where he lived? He was all over the place. He was fighting. He was the general. He, oh yeah, but he wasn't like fighting anywhere where there's a camel <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> okay. It's not a dog because they have pointy teeth or anything like that, right? Correct. It has to be something. Oh, a cow. Yeah. Wow. All right. You came to it. That's good. So for anyone that's curious, the other animals for the teeth were hippo and walrus. But the answer here was See, cow. I knew those yep. animals because they were, in, they were of the sea. Which actually, to my criticism of you earlier, <laughs> I don't know where they were getting walrus or yeah, walrus or hippo teeth from. So I take it back. I'm sorry. All right. Next up. This furry friend loves to sleep up to 18 hours a day. They eat poisonous leaves, but possess a special digestive organ that helps them break down their food without being poisoned by it. And the fingerprints of this animal are so indistinguishable from human fingerprints that they have on occasion been confused at a crime scene. Is it a koala? Oh my God. Yeah. How did you know that? <laughs> um, what they eat and that they sleep. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that about their fingers. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Okay. We'll see if I can stump you on this one. In non-stimulating environments, these poor fellas and ladies will eat their own arms out <gasps> of boredom. Yes. So if you have any in captivity, you need to make sure that you have lots Ew. of cool things for them to interact with. And one clever individual of the species has actually mastered the art of opening childproof bottles. But it wouldn't be a handy assistant around your house because each and every one of them packs a little bit of poison. Some don't have enough to harm humans. Others can kill them. What? I would think it was something with opposable thumbs, but nope. monkeys don't have venom. No. <laughs> Good observation. And then I was going to say snake, but they don't have arms. <laughs> what? Something crawly like a gecko? Or... Hmm. Interesting. That's it, it, my guess. It's, it's crawly in the ocean. Does that help you? No? No. Octopus! Oh. Isn't that sad? They eat their own arms. They have plenty to go around. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. All right. Last one. So you're, I don't know how it works. Two for, two for three. Is that you got one yeah. wrong so far? So you're mm -hmm. probably going to win or at least break even here. Here's the last one. The mating rituals of this creature have perplexed scientists for years. <gasps> Many females will share a den in hopes of catching the male's eye. And he'll spend several months courting various females from the group before finally choosing a life partner. Tokens of interest include pretty plants, but much like a penguin, this creature will finally seal the deal with a shiny rock. Oh, I love them. <laughs> um... Life partners. Mm-hmm. Mating for life here. Is this a creature of the sea? No. Land dweller. Because I was going to say lobster. Oh, that's cute. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. A rock? It's not a bird. <laughs> it's not a bird. No. Um, a lemur? <laughs> Close. You want to know? Yeah. The bachelor. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's so funny. I wrote it myself. You really did? I did. I made this whole game just around that. Jess, that is so funny. <laughs> but you're not laughing. Read it to me again. Wait, read it to me again. <laughs> Hope's laughing. I am laughing. <laughs> the mating rituals of this creature have perplexed scientists for years. Many females will share a den in oh hopes of catching gosh. the male's eye. He'll spend several months courting various females from the group <laughs> before finally choosing a life partner. Tokens of interest in <laughs> pretty plants aka the rose but much like oh. the penguin this creature will finally seal the deal with a shiny rock and engagement ring that's so funny i wrote that a for plus. you thank you thank you see you next week <laughs> bye